that good breakfast this morning. That was excellent. So thank you for all the hard work and everything that you put into that. That was very good. Amen. Jonah chapter 1. I'll give you a minute to get there. When you get there, say amen. Amen. We'll begin reading in verse 1. It says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittal, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it, to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea, to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us, that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said, uh, said, then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? What is thy country? And of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. And then verse 10, And they were exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. May the Lord add the blessing to the reading of his word. And everyone said, Amen. If I could just uh, chase a, a topic or a title here this morning, I'd, uh, if I could give it a title, I'd like to title it, Following the will of God. Following the will of God. If you're able to, if you were to take a survey and ask people, uh, you know, predominantly talking about Christians here, if they wanted to grow deeper in their walk with the Lord, uh, or to know more of the will of, of God for their life, most of them would say, "Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to know God's will for my life. I would love to grow deeper in my walk with the Lord." However, if you were to sit down and explain the requirements of growing deeper, how many would walk away or, or fail to show up? God is willing and desirous to draw closer to you, but you must be willing and desirous to draw closer to Him first. It must be your desire first, and He will, he will meet you. If you desire are desirous to, 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 to grow in your walk with Him, He'll meet you every step of the way, but He's not going to stand there and poke and prod you. You have to show that desire. So first of all, this, off here this morning, I want to look at the expected or the general will of God for your life. Micah 6.8, a, a very familiar portion of scripture, it says, He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Amen. 
I've heard it said even from, uh, from here time to time that you, if you can't live in the general will of God, then you have no business asking for more of the will of God. Micah 6.8 gives us simple instructions on how we're to, uh, to, to live our lives before a holy God, first and foremost. My, he gives us the instructions on how we're to, to live our lives, the, the, the simple requirements that God asks of you and I when we accept him as Lord and Savior of our, of our lives. We're to do justly, love mercy, and to walk with him. We talked a little bit this morning in Sunday school about walking in faith, walking by faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. But first and foremost, the will of God for your lives is... To, uh, is to be saved and in church. That is the will of God for every believer that accepts Christ is to be saved, or every person is to be saved and living for Him and to be in church. John 3.16 is very clear. God's intent for mankind, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish but have everlasting life god's uh, for god so loved the world that he gave his son that they should be saved that's god's intent for mankind is for mankind to be saved so if you want to know what god's will is for my life first and foremost it's for me to be saved amen that's god's desire for for mankind god does not send people to hell People who refuse God's gift of salvation determine their own end, determine their fate, determine where they will spend eternity. God came to save man, not condemn man. Amen. Understand there is an, ex is an ex expectation from you and I as a believer. There is an expectation for you and I as a Christian. You know, as we said, number one, you are to be saved and in church. Uh, uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 10 and verse 25 tells us not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. So we're to be saved, we're to be in church, and, and, and we've looked at uh, different scriptures to back up uh, what, what's, what's being said here. We're to live our lives for Christ. We'll get back to Jonah here in, in just a minute, but I want to establish our, our foundation or the understanding of the general will of God for our lives, what it is for our lives. That's to be saved and in church. Amen. This isn't something that God has to call you specifically to do. This is part of just the, the fundamentals of being a Christian. God doesn't have to, I get saved and specifically call you. Well, you need, no, you get saved, you need to be in church. Amen. As time winds down to the coming of the Lord, and as we just read here in Hebrews chapter 10, you know, we, we read that he admonishes us to encourage one another even more and more as we see things coming to an end. This is the leg, last leg of the journey, and, and now is not the time to give in or give up or quit. He says he admonishes us that we're to encourage one another. You know, we, we preached on this a couple of Sundays ago about running the race. Come on, you can do it. Keep going. You can make it. The end is in sight. It is not a time to get weary. 
In a long-distance race, it is towards the end that you give it your all in order to finish the race. You don't, ex you don't uh, expel all of your energy right out of the gate, right, out of the, uh, right out after the, off, the, off the, the starting line, but you, you pace yourself. And when you get to that last leg of the journey, that's when you grab gears and start moving forward. Now is not the time to coast along. It's time to be serious and grab gears and move forward in your relationship with the Lord. Finish the race. Again, there is an expectation from you. There is an expectation that God has from you. God didn't just save you to save you. He saved you with an expectation. Amen. He saved you to have a relationship with Him and secondly, to tell others about him. It would be as if I came to you asking you for a job and in return you hiring me. That's, that's salvation. You gave me the job. You, you hired me. And instead of doing the job that you hired me to do, I just maintain and do nothing while trying to collect on a paycheck. It doesn't work very well, does it? You, you know, the, the mentality, especially in a lot of people today, is I, I just want to show up, grab a paycheck, go home. There's a, there's, uh, I believe it's a, there's a McDonald's over in, in Bozeman where you can apply for a job for one day. You can go work at McDonald's for one day, collect your paycheck, and go home, and then that's it. You can, you can, you can work one day, and, if you, and then you have the option to come back or don't come back at all. That's, that, is, that, is, that is their prerogative. You can, you can apply for a job for, for one day. But you see, in, in, in God's realm, it doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. A great example of this is seen in the parable of the, the three servants that the pastor has recently uh, taught on here in, uh, toward, in, in, in last year's uh, series. But the, the master gave three talents to three servants. Two of the servants, they went out and they multiplied what was given to them, right? You remember that? He gave them three Three servants, three different allotments of money. The two servants went out and they multiplied that which was given to them. The third servant buried what he had, what had been given to him in the ground. You see, there's a requirement from you. There's a requirement from you. You can't just accept Christ and, and then just, oh, I'm just going to coast along and collect a paycheck. No, there's a requirement from you. Just as an employer to an employee, hey, I, I will give you that paycheck, but there's a job to be done. This is the expected or general will of God. This isn't, this isn't a specific, this is God calls you or saves you and the moment you accept Christ, you're in the ministry. Amen. That is the general will of God. Secondly, here this morning, let's look at the specific will of God. You know, I believe that God has a specific will or calling for each and every person. However, as we stated earlier, if you can't live in the general will of God, He will not reveal to you His specific will for your life. You have to be able to live in God's, the, the general will of God before God will give you something more specific. If you want more of the will of God revealed in your life, then be consistent or faithful in the general will that he has for your life. Ephesians 5 and 17 tells us, Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. 
In other words, he's admonishing us to, to, to seek out what the will of the Lord is for our lives. Lord, you saved me. You saved me for a purpose. What is that purpose? Seek out that purpose. Continuing with the example of a, of a person being hired, as you learn and get established in your new job and in your new responsibilities that, is, that, are, that are placed on you, how, do, how does that happen? Well, perhaps because you showed up on time. You showed up, for one. You showed up on time. You do your work diligently. You're proving to your employer that you are trustworthy and that you're able, able to take a, a deeper role in the company. In other words, he can, he can count on you, right? I mean, that's how it works in the, in the corporate world. You show up on time. You do the best you can do. You, you're, 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 your supervisors, they, they recognize that. They promote you. All that is based upon the fact that they can count on you. You're trustworthy. Amen. Talking about a specific will of God. If you can live in the general will of God and, 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 be, and be consistent in your walk with, with Christ, we'll count you trustworthy and give you more. Do you have the Holy Spirit living inside your life? It takes the Holy Ghost that leads and guides the believer. John 16 and 13, it says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. You must set aside your own independence and wisdom and be led by the Holy Spirit. We kind of touched a little bit on that this morning, but, but setting aside our own independence, our own knowledge, our own wisdom, that's a challenge because we have, we have it figured out. Basically, you need to set aside your own independence, your own wisdom to be led by the Holy Spirit. More of the specific will of God deals with setting aside your will and embracing His. Setting aside your wants and your desires and embracing His. Sometimes God will cause discomfort in our lives to prompt us in a certain direction. That's so true. We can blame a lot of things. We can, we can blame everything, if you want to, on the devil. But you don't blame growing pains on the devil because, you know, that's part of the, the process by which growth can occur, right? You know, growing pains. I, I, you know, we've got a lot, of, a lot of young kids in here, and here before too long, they're going to be experiencing growing pains, you know, shooting up like a weed quicker than we can keep up with. We don't blame that on the devil. No, we blame that on the process. It's just part of it. God is more concerned with our development than he is with, a, with our comfort. He's more concerned with our development than he is with our comfort. Matthew chapter 9, 35 and 38 tells us, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when the multitudes, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then he saith unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. God is still looking for specific harvesters to send forth. 
Even back then, there was a, a labor shortage. There was. We get perplexed when we hear of a restaurant or a facility that is closed today due to lack of help. How can that be? There's, 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 there's help wanted signs everywhere. How can they be closed when they're unable to operate? We were just up in, in Libby doing some work for the last couple of days, and there was quite a few restaurants up there that were closed because they didn't have the staff to be able to operate. And it's just how? how why? Someday soon the Lord is coming, going to return, and the closed sign will be put up. Aren't you glad salvation didn't stop before you? Aren't you glad that salvation didn't stop just before you? You were able to get saved. But you see, here's the point. The Lord hasn't returned yet. As close as he may be, there's still time to tell others about Christ. There's still time to tell others about what Christ can do in your life. The salvation that he can, that he can bring to your life. The freedom from a life of sin that he can, that he can make you free from. I'm talking about the specific will of God. He said, he said I'm looking for, for harvesters to go forth. You've, you've made it into, into the general will of God, but now he's looking specifically for people to go forward. He said, he said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will find laborers to send forth. Look around and there's, there's no laborers. Well, where are the people that want to dig in deeper in their walk with the Lord and go forward into the harvest and bring those in? The specific will of God. Thirdly, here this morning, let's look at the ignored will of God. The ignored will of God. We started off in our text here in, in Jonah, looking at the decisions that he made. Looking at the choices that he made. As we read there, you know, the, the God called him to go to Nineveh. God called him to go to, to tell a, 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 a group of people, a city about Christ, but he made the decision to ignore or, in fact, just disobey and run from the will of God. It was said here several weeks ago or however long it's been, but always remember that the selective, that selective, dis, selective obedience is disobedience. Disobedience. Jonah was a prophet of God at this time. All God asked of him was that he go to Nineveh and tell them about God. Again, as we said, you must set aside your own independence and wisdom to be led by the Holy Spirit. Jonah had judged the situation based upon his knowledge and understanding of the city of Nineveh. They're, they're a rough group down there. And they're a pretty uh, tough sort of individuals down there. I don't know that I really want to tangle with them. I've heard stories. Never been there, but I've heard stories. And so he based upon, every, upon the knowledge that he had and the wisdom that he attained to make a decision, no, I'm not going to go down there and do as God asked me. They're not worthy of the gospel of Christ. God didn't ask him to judge. He asked him to go. He asked him to go. But most often times we get hung up on judging the situation rather than going. Perhaps this is why there are so few labors to go out unto the harvest. God is calling people to go forth, but many have judged the situation as perhaps not important as what they are doing. No matter where Jonah ran to, God was there. 
No matter where Jonah decided to go, God was there. It's interesting to note that if you run from the will of God, there will always be a ship there to take you the wrong direction. There will always be a ship waiting there to take you the wrong direction. The, de the devil will always provide a ship of escape from the will of God. There will always be a means for him to, to help you. If you, show, or if you have a desire to, to run from what God is calling to you, the devil's not stupid. He may not have a chance at taking your heart away from God, but if he can keep you from doing anything for the kingdom of God, then he's won that battle. He ain't stupid. He wasn't born yesterday. He will always provide a ship of escape. I'm talking about the ignored will of God here this morning. Jonah was determined to be stubborn and run from what God wanted him to do. Even in the council of ungodly, of the ungodly, the, 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 those that were with him there on, on the ship, they told him that he was wrong for what he was doing. Even they realized and recognized that what he was doing was wrong. And they were only afraid because of the physical things going on around about them. The boisterous winds, the ship uh, heaving and cracking and, and everything that was going on. They were afraid because of what was going on and, and recognized that because Jonah was fleeing from God, that that was the problem. The devil will always provide a ship of escape. As a parent, when your child reaches a certain age, usually around the age of two, the battle of the wills is on. It is. It's, 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 uh, it, it's a challenge. It's a very, it's a hard challenge. You do everything you can to bring their will into subjection. Then when they don't listen, what do you do? Hopefully you discipline them. If you're saved and a child of God, would you expect him to do anything less with you? If you refuse or choose not to follow his will or the direction that he is leading you? Is it a do as I say and not as I do in my life? talking about ignoring the will of God. God didn't just save you and, and, and intend for you to just to sit around and be idle, but he has a plan and a purpose for your life. God has a desire for you to move beyond the general will of God into the specific will he has for your life. Putting down deeper roots in, in, in him. He's got a desire to take you further. But how many are so busy that we just ignore the will or the call or the voice of God? The Bible says, I am the shepherd. The sheep know my voice. He's not going to yell. He's not going to scream. He's just going to say, hey, I got something for you. And you're either going to hear it or you're not. Oftentimes my prayer is, Lord, tune my ears so that I can hear your voice. Would you expect God to do anything less with you than what you do with your own children? Matthew 7, 21 and 23 tells us, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? 
Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. With God, we cannot just agree to disagree. I cannot just agree, Lord, that, hey, I, I know this is what you want me to do, but I just can't at the moment. So we'll just, we're good. All throughout Christ's earthly ministry, his desire was to do the will of the Father. That was the example that he left you and I everywhere he went. He said, I'm about my Father's business. I'm here to do the will of the one that sent me. The desire of the Holy Spirit is to do the will of the Father. How then can we expect to do anything less than the will of the Father? How can we expect to do anything less than what He Himself did for His Father? In conclusion here this morning, Hannah, as you get ready to come to the piano, we looked at the general will of God for our lives. Absolutely, God wants us saved and in church, but God wants to take us further beyond that. You know, that, those are the fundamentals, those are the foundational, uh, foundational uh, truths, but, but God wants to take us into a, a deeper relationship with Him, into a more specific relationship with Him. But don't end up like Jonah and ignore what God is calling you to, a direction that God is leading you or a direction that God is leading you from. Because there will always be, there'll always be a way out. That doesn't mean it's going to be right. In fact, Jonah had to go, he ended up going to Nineveh. He ended up doing exactly what God, what, what God asked him to do. But if you read on through the rest of the book and through the, end, through the rest of the story, that he went there and he, he told the, 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 the city of Nineveh about Christ. And the, and, the, and the city turned around and, and, and they gave their heart and life to Christ. And they put away their sins and they started to live for Christ. And, but Jonah did, was still mad about the situation, goes up on, a, on the hill and sits there and plants himself down to watch God destroy the city. Well, he must have died an old man up there because Nineveh didn't get destroyed. Don't have an attitude going into the will of God. If that's fine, Lord, if that's what you want for me, I'll do it. No. God's looking for somebody willing, desirous. He said, I'm a, I, the Lord said, I, I'm about my, the will of my Father. He said, when I leave, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who will lead you in all truth, who is also about the will of the Father. So how can I expect my will and my desires to be anything less than that? He saved me from a life of sin. He redeemed me. He placed me on a, on a path. No longer do I live the life that I once lived, but I live my life for Him. How can I do anything less than what He would want for me? I want God to move and to do something new in my life. But realize that God desires or God has expectations, there's requirements from you and I. With, a, with the specific will, with, 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 having, with, with seeking out a specific will, there comes a greater submission and a greater sanctification. Don't be content to just be average. Don't judge a calling or a situation that God is asking you to do. God didn't ask you to judge it. If I had to judge each and every, every person I came along, I'd, you know. 
that person could be hurting and needing, needing somebody to talk to them. They might not look right, smell right, talk right, whatever the case may be. God didn't ask you to judge them. He asked you to talk to them. He asked you to speak to them. The devil will either provide a boat of escape or bless you with so much work or whatever it takes to keep you busy that you just don't have time for one more thing on your plate. I want to be about the will of the Father. I want to be in the general, but I want to be in the specific will of God. And Lord, help us not to be found ignoring the will of God. Amen. If we could, let's stand here this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you for, Lord, the example that you've given us in the, the book and the life of Jonah, Father, of, Lord, the will that you have for our lives. Lord, we want to follow the will that you have for our lives. Lord, I want to do the will that you have for my life. And, Lord, I don't want to be just found hanging out in the general, but, Lord, I want to be in there more specifically, Lord, with what you have for my life. Lord, help each and every one of us here this morning, Lord. I, Lord, you, you know where each and every one of us are at here today, Lord. Lord, whether we're in the general, the specific, or Lord, perhaps maybe even if, if we've ignored your will, Lord, you, we ask that you'd forgive us. And that, Lord, you'd help us to move forward in your plan. Lord, let it be, say, let it, let it be said of our lives, Lord, that we want to be about your will. Father, meet with us around these altars here this morning. Draw us into a deeper walk, a deeper relationship with you. Lord, let a deeper calling be placed upon someone's life here today. That somebody's life might be changed. Somebody might be saved. And Lord, if there's somebody here this morning, Lord, that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, that hasn't accepted you as, 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 as Lord and Savior of their lives, Lord, I ask that they would do that here today. We'd love to pray with you. Meet with us around these altars. In your name we pray. Amen.